You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to our second program of conference coverage highlights from HIMSS 10, the Healthcare Information and Management Systems Society's annual conference. This program features interviews with attendees and exhibitors at the 2010 conference, the largest gathering in the information technology field in the U.S., which took place March 1st through March 4th, 2010, in Atlanta. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Bernholtz. Much of the talk among the almost 30,000 attendees was around the term meaningful use. The definition of this phrase is important because its nuanced interpretation will help define federal reimbursement rates for IT adoption, and that definition is still being discussed. John Zaleski is the VP of Clinical Applications from Nuvon. Well, meaningful use is the overarching buzz, how to take electronic medical technology and employ it for real reasons and real ways for real measurement in terms of quality at the point of clinical care. And that is partially brought about by the political focus over the last 12 months, but it's also based upon the maturity of the electronic medical record technology, health information technology that has evolved over the past 12 to 15 months, especially with the evolution of the Office of the National Coordinator's Office and Dr. Blumenthal. That's all a buzz, but I think really what's happening is health information technology is coming to a level of maturity now, where over the past five to six years, the focus was in how to record data, how to apply data, how to take data and translate it from the paper record into something that's electronic bit-based. People are now looking at, okay, now that we have ways of recording and holding on to this information, how do we put it to real use, as opposed to just using this for billing or using this information for saying, yep, we've got to retain record of it. In my professional opinion, and most physicians obviously are pragmatic, and clinical people are pragmatic. They want to know how to use information effectively to improve or make for the better care of their patients. And really, health information technology at its most base level, any technologies, should be improving the relationship between the patient and the care provider. It should be tightening that relationship, tightening that bond. I think that the approach behind and the one of the main focuses or foci of meaningful use is how to really identify metrics for ensuring that all this technology that you see around the floor is not just another bread box or is not just another Game Boy, but it's really doing something to improve quality of care. Dr. Jim King, a family physician from Tennessee, is past president of the American Academy of Family Physicians. We transformed our own practice back about six years ago and putting electronic health records into our practice. What we're learning, though, is that it's an ongoing process. You just don't go out and buy a system, put it in. There's so many other areas that you have to deal with. The new catchword we're hearing now is meaningful use. My question is meaningful use for who? Is it the patient? Is it the insurance carrier that's paying for it? Is it my practice or the doctors? And hopefully we'll arrive at improved outcomes for our patient and what's meaningful that we can use our system to improve the care of my patients. In our own practice, we have wireless access and we all carry tablets into the office. Some of the doctors in my group will take it in, set it down on the exam table, and we enter data and talk to the patient, and that's the way I work. And when the patient leaves, I'm through with their whole note. I have other partners that leave it out on the desk because they feel like it does interfere. I find that you have to realize that, number one, the patient comes first. You know, you're not just a data entry person. 
and you're right, there's no computer that's going to take the place of, of the physician, and I'm not worried about that occurring in my own practice because they want that relationship. Patients still want that type of care. It does slow you down, but in the process of slowing you down, the coding becomes more appropriate, your, your billing goes a little higher. So from a financial standpoint, most practices will end up pretty much at the same level they were after about a year to 18 months, but it will kind of be a problem early on. Dr. Michael Miro is the chair of the Health Informatics Committee for the American College of Cardiology. So next year, 2011, is the first year of the CMS incentive payments. So those practices across the country, whether they're cardiology or urology or practices that have a high Medicare population, will be very interested in adhering to what we call meaningful use criteria. And those criteria include not only quality reporting, but e-prescribing, health information exchange, and computerized order entry. And so those four elements have to be adhered to in order to satisfy the criteria. It'll be somewhat of a challenge in the ambulatory setting to do that. At the hospital setting, it may be easier to comply and the hospitals will receive incentive payments. But at the end of the day, the reason to adopt health information technology is not incentive payments from Medicare. It's actually the right thing to do to improve quality of care at the point of care for patients. John Stanley is the Chief Information Officer of Riverside Health System in Virginia. Meaningful use is probably a, uh, a reward for doing the right thing. We've been installing these clinical systems way before meaningful use. It's, in a way, nice to be recognized that we're going to be in good position to take advantage of the meaningful use, but it's not driving our strategies. Our strategies were driven by better patient care, safer environment, and Maybe it's accelerated some of the timelines now to get things in place to qualify for that meaningful use money. But meaningful use was not the only term being discussed by the group of IT professionals. Steve Lieber is the president and CEO of HIMSS. There are words, some of which are going to be very familiar to physicians, an electronic medical record, okay, or EMRs. I mean, that's a term that's known. Interoperability, again, a term that's easy to understand when you hear the term just from a generic standpoint, but the ability to share data, obviously, is a key term. HIEs, that's going to be a term physicians are going to hear, and that's health information exchanges. And those are local or regional organizations that are forming for the purpose of creating local rules and processes for clinicians to share data. Those are some of the key ones. And then you go down to CPOE. There's your computerized physician order entry, CDS, clinical decision support. As in all fields, there are acronyms that are all over the place, and that's certainly true here. The regulations that are out, they are interim final rules, the final rules will be out this spring, focus on a number of areas. The basic electronic medical record, the repository of the patient information is a key component. Physician order entry in an electronic format, so every order that the physician enters is done electronically. That application is very much a part of the new rules clinical decision support tools, tools that help the physician make good practice decisions as he or she is treating the patient, another very key application. So those are the big building blocks that physicians are focused on in terms of adopting technology in their practices, and the same applies over on the hospital side as well. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to conference coverage highlights from HIMSS 10 on ReachMD XM160. 
veteran technology professionals like Kaiser Permanente's Dr. John Madison sees an evolution in focus in this year's conference. I think there's a dramatic change in both the vendor focus and in the presentation focus at at all of the lectures around interoperability and specifically around the NHIN, the National Health Information Network model for exchanging information between institutions. So for the past 20 years, we've all been struggling with how to implement an electronic health record. And we've really crossed a threshold now in in Southern California and throughout the rest of Kaiser Permanente, we have implemented an electronic health record, inpatient, outpatient, every patient, every doctor, every clinic, every nurse, every pharmacist. And so we're on to the next thing. And the next thing is around health information exchange in many respects. Being able to have a comprehensive record from individual consumers who each time they change employers end up with a different selection of their health insurance really creates substantial gaps in what we know and how best to treat individual patients. Simple examples is if if you have a patient who was recently treated across the street and they come to you and you don't know when their last mammogram, pap smear, hemoglobin A1C, or any of the other preventive health measures was done, you're at risk of not doing it soon enough or doing it too early. And that's not a model that's effective. So the introduction of health information exchange is going to have a profound impact on the comprehensiveness of care, the continuity of care, and providing the right service for the right person at the right time. Compared to prior years, the number of sessions, the number of vendor booths focused on interoperability is dramatically up from prior years. If you are a doctor practicing in a hospital system like Kaiser Permanente, which now has 8.6 million connected patients, the choice of your technology is easy. Experts do the choosing for you. But Madison, who is in charge of Kaiser's EHR deployment in Southern California, does have advice on how to choose an IT solution if you are part of a smaller physician practice. I think the best counsel I could give for the small physician practice or the solo practitioner is check with your peers, your colleagues, your former classmates who have already implemented something. Find people who practice in a style the way you practice and find out what works for them. The workflow integration with a system deployment is the real challenge. And making sure that you select a vendor that was built by a company that listened to doctors who practice like you do is very important, and it's much more reliable to talk to your peers and colleagues about what works and what doesn't, as opposed to a vendor who's telling you what works and what doesn't to make a sale. So I would rely heavily on your social network of people who practice like you to make recommendations, and most importantly, go visit their practice, see how it works, watch how it works, and see if the workflows are those that are similar to your own. John Stanley, part of Riverside Health System, a multi-hospital system in Virginia, is rolling out a solution offered by Siemens and says the best solution for independent practitioners may be to affiliate. Most small practices, it seems to be, at least in our market, have some affiliation. In our markets, they've either joined our health system as employed physicians. We have over 400 in one large medical group now. There are other physicians that remain independent, and we can extend out to them 
an arrangement to use our medical records. So that's probably the best is to associate with a health system because they have the data there, laboratory results can feed back into systems rather than uh, independent practice just going out and buying their own system which may not interface, may not interact with other health systems. HP has been conducting research into how they can best support physicians in these decisions. Here is Chris Mertens, VP of Personal Systems Group Healthcare. So there's a couple things that we look at. You know, first is really to help facilitate the implementation of electronic medical records and really the service and support model that the physicians need to deal with. We know that these are going to be challenging times for them to have to deal with all of the requirements and rules and regulations that are in the marketplace in general as it relates to patient privacy and things like that. So we're trying to take the technology decisions off their plate as far as something that they need to worry about. So our focus has been to work with the EMR vendor in the delivery of solution for the physicians at the local level. We've done a lot of work and uh, research around the country. We did about 12 uh, coffee talks around the country, about 150 physicians. What we heard loud and clear was that the physicians wanted to have somebody local that they see in their community each and every day to help them with their IT decisions, to help them with the installation and the service and support and the recommendation of what they need, both from electronic medical records and how to use that, the workflow that goes on with their office, and then the support of that each and every day. What was important to the physicians is that the local partner, the technology partner, is someone who cares about their business and understands that this is important to the physician and to the physician's patients. Regardless, says Steve Albert of Microsoft, there is a window of opportunity to act if small practices want to take advantage of federal incentives for migrating to greater use of information technologies. I really want to make sure that the physician community is aware of the dollars that are available to them over a short period of time over the next couple years. There seems to be some confusion, particularly the smaller practices. And at the end of the day, the the smaller physicians are running small businesses. And as small business managers, this is an incentive that the government's providing that'll basically pay for the opportunity for you to switch from paper to an electronic capability. That's never going to happen again in, in our lifetime. And as small business owners, you know, we're talking $44,000 per physician in each practice. That's a lot of money. And it's a broader incentive than what exists in the hospital for hospital-based physicians and acute care hospitals where it might pay for 25 to 30% of the implementation. Here, in most cases, it'll pay for the entire software and implementation for the physician practice. So it's an opportunity that we need to make sure that the physicians are aware of and that their office managers are aware of so that they can take advantage of it. You have been listening to conference coverage highlights from HIMSS 10 on ReachMD XM160. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening.